0: It's important for us as elected leaders in our city to come together to put aside our personal grievances and our uh, personal disagreements in terms of uh, governance style to really roll up our sleeves and, and get to work.
1: And you're hearing right there from Seattle City Council President Lorena Gonzalez as she and the City Council try to craft a budget that will not be vetoed by Mayor Jenny Durkin. A lot of developments here to cover and welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Seattle News Views and Brews the podcast that climbs every mountain, forwards every stream, and provides insight on Seattle area politics. I'm Brian Callanan. I'm also a host on Seattle Channel. The views expressed here are my own. Joining me, the man who tries to limit himself to five servings of city council hearings every day, it's Kevin Schofield from Seattle City Council Insight. Hello, Kevin.
0: Hey, I'm out there fording the rivers. I got my hip boots on. Special City Council hip boots. I'm ready. To, you know, we're the, ready to go. We got, got a lot, flash, to weighed, got flash, got yeah. lot to
1: wade through here, my man. Our background noise sponsor for the audio podcast is City Grind Espresso from the first floor of City Hall. They are closed, of course, during the pandemic. But thanks a lot, John and Charlie, for your support. We are on episode 40 of the podcast this week. We want to keep this thing going, so we need your support on Patreon. Thanks to our new patron, Catherine, just signed on. Now, everyone, why can't you be like your sister, Catherine? We are here every week. We've also got some patrons only content, too. So chip in what you can and thank you very much. Thanks also to Converge Media for airing the video version of this podcast. Let's get started with right here, right now. Okay, Kevin, we're going to jump on budget issues in just a second here, but a flurry of ordinances facing the city council in this first full week of October, most of them kind of check done updates for Seattle, City Light, SPU, SDOT there, but a little bit of disagreement over this land use issue with regard to extending the period for which the council would have virtual meetings and thus allow for more exemptions of the design review process. Now, this was a split vote over this back in April when this first came up, Now the council is voting to extend these exemptions into October and pass that. Kevin, I know Councilmember Peterson, the chair of the land use committee has pushed back on this. Can we talk about some of the back and forth on this one?
0: Yeah. So, so um, there are a lot of uh, city departments and the city council, of course, who have just sort of moved the regular meeting schedule virtually, right? Right. This is a case where um, the, the city council at the, at the, SDCI's request mm-hmm. made a change where not only did they say that a bunch of these things could be done virtually, but they basically, you know, moved a, a lot of things that, you know, prior to this and in a normal times, yeah. were required to be covered by, you know, the design review board, into things that could just be handled administratively by by the city department. Yep, right? yep so it SDCI didn't need to go construction through this, it, didn't, yep. it didn't didn't need to go through this this public review process right mm-hmm. so go a little faster but then the tension there is well you know the design review process was set up for a purpose which is you know to create some sunlight mm-hmm. and to and create kind of neighborhood and public uh well input you know, re- of some sort review yeah. and input and accountability mm-hmm. for the things that are getting approved right right, right. um there, there have been lots of accusations over, over the years that design review boards like this basically tend to slow down a lot of you know right. a lot of progress that needs to happen.
1: And Developers would certainly say that super
0: yeah. super conservative. They, uh, you know, you end up with a lot of um, very similar-looking housing, so they you know reduce diversity mm-hmm. uh, of of buildings. Yeah. They reduce um, often reduce the size. Yeah, of, yeah. Of a uh, like apartment complexes and things like that. Yeah. they they end up being you know very conservative in in reinforcing existing zoning and single mm-hmm. family housing and and all that stuff. Yeah, and um, you know Peterson is an interesting place because his district is. Uh, district 4 has been, you know, one of the more vocal groups in the past oh, yeah. of defending, you know, neighborhood involvement and neighborhood decision-making around yeah. comprehensive plan and yeah. zoning. Wallingford and certainly just not happy about design review yeah. approvals. So, you know, he um, – and that doesn't mean everybody in the district feels true. Way, true a lot true. of people do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, in, a, in this case, has said, well, look, you know, at this point, we, you know, enough of these virtual meetings and Zoom mm-hmm. and everything are working. Do we can't we just sort of do these things virtually? Yeah, yeah clearly we can't do them in person right now. Right, Design right. review board meetings can't be in person. But do we really have to go? Do we still have to move off the stuff? A lot of the stuff off the design review boards. Yeah. and and into administrative, you know, reviews instead. Right, or right. can we just do the regular process we normally would, but just virtually?
1: Hmm. I I think that's going to be a big issue coming up here because so many different projects are coming online. Affordable housing, certainly a piece of this. I know that's part of the the jump back here. I'm going to see what's going to happen with that one as the months uh, go on here. I know a lot more neighborhoods are going to be talking about it, but I really do want to jump on the budget here, Kevin, because everybody's talking about it. The council went through its briefings last week. This week, a public hearing on October 6th. The council decides by October 8th, which issues really hit that first cutoff there. We're going to get to the police part in just a minute, folks, but I want to talk about what the mayor is proposing when it comes to funding community-based safety programs. So in the rebalanced 2020 budget from the council that the mayor vetoed, the council called for $14 million for this. They're not going to get all that. Now, this is separate, as I understand it, from the $100 million that the mayor's calling for for BIPOC communities. We'll hold off that for a minute, but I want to talk about this $14 million that the council was asking for the council's not going to get all that they wanted there, Kevin. There's some back and forth going on with the mayor right now.
0: The council isn't going to get all of that in 2020. Right. right? And largely, you know, uh, the mayor sent a new letter. You know, the mayor vetoed it. The council overrode it. And the mayor came back with a letter a couple days ago or, you know, last week saying, you know, I, I see you vetoed this. I yes. understand that. You want $14 million. But realistically, you know, one of the rules in, the, in city government is that any um, contract uh, that is more than fifty-three thousand dollars has to be bid out. So there has mm-hmm. to be bidding. There has to be an RFP that goes out in a bidding right. process for this, proposal, right? and that. Takes yep. time. Yep. Right. So, and we're already in October. Mm-hmm. So by yep. the time that runs out, they're just not going to have enough time to spend fourteen million dollars. So they, right. uh, the mayor, said, "Yeah, I can spend about four of mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. year, and and do that by basically expanding contracts with." a Number of providers that I already that the city already has contracts with, right? yeah. We don't need yeah. to bid that out, we can just you know add more money into those, yeah. But for the rest of it, that really needs to get bid out. We can start yeah. that bidding process now, yeah. But if, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to be able to award that money this year in any you know in any reasonable way, yeah. So, council, you should figure out how you're going to do that in the 2021 budget. I haven't put any money in that right right but you know you guys can go figure that out if you think it's really important
1: well and i guess i guess we're seeing some light here in when it comes to the council and the mayor finally agreeing on something here but i wanted to work on this other piece here this 100 million dollars that the mayor is calling for for bipoc communities black indigenous people of color some good reporting coming in from erica c barnett on this issue the mayor who also vetoed the jumpstart plan on big business payroll taxes from the council back a few months ago is now talking about using at least part of those taxes for this one hundred million dollar effort she's trying to cobble together. What do you make of this, Kevin? What the mayor is trying to do with this?
0: Well, okay. So the jumpstart uh, payroll tax is now, assuming it's legal and goes goes right, forward. Right. Is, in That's a big assumption. Court, right. is now one of really five big sources that together are about eighty percent of all the you know general fund revenues for this. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the general fund, which is this big pot of money that yes. has almost no restrictions on how the council can spend mm-hmm, the money. So that's where mm-hmm. they focus their energy because they actually get to make decisions on things. Right, right. Um, altogether, it's about $1.5 billion. Yes. So Jumpstart is about $200 million. Of mm-hmm. that. And, and again, it's it's general fund. It's mm-hmm. not earmarked for specific things. The council passed a resolution when, we passed a, when they, they passed a Jumpstart and yep. saying, here's how we want to spend money. Right, right. Green New Deal, and all these they, different things. They said yeah. ninety six million dollars on in community investments, mm-hmm. and you know, sus- you know, sustaining investments that are already in place. Right, right. Eighty six million dollars on on um, on replenishing the two emergency funds, yes, and then a little right. bit of money and some other things. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's here's the thing you can really critique the, the, the mayor on. Okay. <laughs> the the mayor. In her budget did not put the eighty six million dollars back into replenishing the two emergency funds.
1: That's a big part of this, yes. Didn't
0: do that, mm-hmm. right? Just dumped it all in general fund.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you know, there's one point three billion other dollars in there, and there, you know, there's no color to any of this money in there. So yeah, yeah. you can't really say the mayor took that, you know, that hundred million dollars for her new funds out, out of out of the out um, of the out of the jumpstart town right. because you know. They also cut $60, $70 million of funding across the city government okay. by cutting okay. travel mm-hmm. and, you know, other perks and things like that. It's like, well, you know, why don't you say they took that money and put right, it? Right, right, it's like, right, right, right. It's all money in this big pot. Okay, right? okay. And okay. once it all gets mixed together, you can't really say it came specifically from this or yeah. came specifically But from the that, fact that right?
1: she's not reimbursing that emergency right. fund, I, I think that, that's, a, that's, that's a big piece of this.
0: That's who you can critique her. That's something yeah. that the, 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 city, the city council said specifically we want $86 million to go back into that. Yeah. And what the mayor has said in response is, hey, look, you know, you know, one of the reasons that that, that the city council said they were going to do that um, is because they were drawing down those emergency funds so heavily in 2020. Mm-hmm. In the end, they didn't do that. Yeah. They, they yeah. left about 56 million, uh, yeah. 50 to $60 million That's in those true. emergency funds. Mm-hmm. And that is about what Durkin's budget spends out of so mm-hmm. so Durkin is absolutely you know is is finishing the job of completing uh, of of completely depleting those two emergency funds. Right. At the, you know, if her budget passes as is, mm-hmm. you know, there would be six million dollars left in those two funds. Right. right? So yeah. almost nothing.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, more uh, than I make in a week, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. But,
0: but so the mayor is saying, well. You know, we didn't need to replenish them. Uh, the original, you know, the original strategy was they're going to get depleted in 2020, but mm-hmm. we're still going to need that money in 2021. Yeah. So let's yeah. use a jumpstart tax to to replenish them. Yeah, because they didn't get depleted in 2020. The mayor is saying. Hey, you know, we didn't need to replenish them, so let's use yeah. the money for other things. Yeah, yeah. And the city council, you know, and it's just one more argument now. Yeah, the, this is the what point. they're, they're going to be. They're just trying to score points against each other. Yeah. So of the, the city council is saying you're taking that jumpstart money and you're putting it your hundred million dollar you know, yeah, yeah yeah program right, which isn't really true. Yeah. And and the mayor's office is you know hand waving. no, nah, we, we 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 you know we 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 followed you know the the, the city council's wishes even right, though we didn't right. actually replenish those funds
1: right right wow okay a lot of a lot of good arguments over that one i know you've been listening to a ton of them how to sustain these kinds of investments possible income tax we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff in this budget session Oh
0: yeah and the sustaining i just say the sustain is a big one so yeah so the mayor's got 100 million dollars in her in, in her proposed 2021 yeah. budget and uh, but that's one-time funds yeah right? there she is wants no to, this husband. is
1: going for 10 years so
0: yeah she wants to go on for 10 years and and so in a task force that she's setting up it's going to get community input mm-hmm. um, she wants to ask the community for recommendations on sure. how
1: they should sustain it. sure sure all right well we'll hear what's next on that one let's move on to now hear this all right everyone you've been very patient Let's talk about Seattle Police and their budget. What is it going to look like to reimagine the SPD, as it's been said, move some functions out of the department? And is Police Chief Adrian Diaz on board? Well, it sounds like it at least. Here's what the chief told the council at a budget committee meeting last week. We will watch caseloads. We will watch response times. We will watch clearance rates. I hope this move alone makes it clear. I'm prepared to make changes. And when the need is clear, there is a plan for what to do next we will commit to evaluate how that works. Kevin, it appears at first glance there's some cooperation from the chief and the mayor on this very delicate issue of laying off 70 sworn officers from the SPD and doing those layoffs out of order. The council had asked to do this as a way to preserve the new diverse recruits the SPD has and also as a way to lay off some officers on the force who have had some questions around their credibility, the so-called Brady list there. Kevin, what's next here on this? What are you hearing in terms of this? What appears to be cooperation between the mayor, the chief, and
0: the council? I think both. I think the mayor's office has now seen that it's inevitable that there's going to be layoffs, and so they just need to start that process. Hmm. And the process is extremely complicated. Yeah, right? there is, um, you know, there is a, a labor relations board and executive side. Yep. There's a labor relations policy committee that has representatives from both. Executive branch and the city council on mm-hmm. it, and they're the ones at the end of the day who really oversee any kind of labor negotiations. Right. Um, the it, the uh, both the the two unions that represent police officers and police supervisors, like mm-hmm. the sergeants, and lieutenants, have both already notified the city that they um, demand to bargain any layoffs related to this, of let course. alone whether w- whether they are out of yeah. order layoffs. Yeah. And. That process will take months. If the city wants to do um, out-of-order layoffs, then they actually have to go uh, petition uh, the Public Safety Civil Service Commission. Thank you. You got it. To, uh, you know, it's hard to keep track of all these acronyms. You got acronyms, a lot of acronyms. PSC, yep. uh, mm-hmm. The um, Public Safety Civil Service Commission is, is the body responsible for approving any out-of-order layoffs. Yeah, right. And this is, this is something that's in the rules but has never been used. Yeah, right yeah. so exactly in practice if can they can they do this or not it's completely untested right yeah. what are the limits for doing it can they say yeah we want to do out of out of order layoffs mm-hmm. and lay off officers that have a large number of complaints even though all those complaints have already gone through the discipline process yes
1: right? yeah yeah
0: so you know think about for you if, if you had you know somebody raised a complaint about you know about you and your job 10 years ago, it's not my fault. Process, oh, yeah. And you got, you know, you got fined for it or, yeah. you know, disciplined in some way, and you dealt with that and you yeah. moved on and you know, you reformed your ways, and mm-hmm. nine years later somebody says, Yeah, we want to lay you off first because this mm-hmm. happened ten years ago.
1: Right, right. Hmm, how yeah. would you feel about that? Yeah, right. Yeah, now, so, and I and I know the other piece of this is I think the mayor has has signaled some support here, but is also saying we need to kind of have a, a better, more Kind of appraisal of what's going on here, and the chief, in talking to him, I did a couple of weeks ago. He said, "I want to keep this department whole." So I'm seeing some signs that this might happen, but at the same time, the chief is trying to retain officers. He's losing people to lateral transfers, going to other departments around the area, and people that are resigning. I mean, this is a real deal. He's putting more people on patrol right now, and the SPD is is hurting in some ways.
0: Yeah, and and uh, last week in uh, committee hearings. Mm-hmm. Diaz told the city council quite bluntly yeah i need 1400 officers right i feel like that's the you know the floor for the number of officers that i need in order to maintain public safety in the city yeah and the city council was not really buying that that yeah. argument. So we'll, you know, that that's going to continue to be a flashpoint in this in this uh, in this fight. Yes, it will. Also, I wanted to talk about these
1: apparent cuts coming to the navigation team. Again, a situation where the mayor vetoed this idea from the council to start with, and now is apparently going along with it. But this is another bit of a legal quagmire here, Kevin.
0: Oh, this is. There's so many messes here. There's there's legal messes here. With a, a set of cases um, that that sometimes get confused with each other, that mm. you know the the uh, you know one aspect of this is that uh, there were uh, the city of Seattle was sued over some homeless encampment removals, yeah. and uh, the judge came back and actually found for the city in this and said mm-hmm. because they go through this process, what they call the MDOR process, yes, right, uh, multi- multiple multiple de- uh, multi department administrative rules, rules, a set yeah. of rules that the city adopted back in 2017 mm-hmm. for. When and how they can remove that's right, mm-hmm. um, homeless encampments, giving notice,
1: all that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, because they'd gone through, they'd written the MDR rules, and they, you know, apparently follow the MDR rules. You know, it's all legal and above board. But that involves making sure that they are um, giving advance notice. Yeah, that they're uh, making referrals to shelter, and that they are um, storing uh, a homeless persons' uh, belongings for later retrieval by them. Yeah, so. You know, one of the things the mayor has said is, "Hey, look, you know, if you dissolve the navigation team, the other one's responsible for making sure that the city was really complying with MDARs, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, without that, you know, we could end up back in court. Yeah, again, wow. This. And th- and that's mm, maybe true, maybe okay. maybe not true. But um, but last week in in committee hearings last Friday, what what the city uh, what uh, the Durk administration proposed mm-hmm. uh, in their in their budget is that you know the while you know they've taken the twenty twenty cuts of the city council imposed on them where they mm-hmm. basically cut all the poli- police positions in the navigation team. Yeah. And they basically gutted the rest of the civilian staff by about half. Yeah. Right. So they got about six positions left in what, you know, what was the navigation team, about sixteen people. And they moved them into a new organization, and what they're saying is that they're going to focus those folks, you know, their, their priority is going to be around outreach. Yes. Right? And under some really hard questioning from the city council, they did admit that there may still be circumstances in which that group has to remove encampments, right? If there's an obstruction encampment right. that is completely blocking a sidewalk and outreach Yep. You know, has has not convinced not a service yeah. resistant person to yeah. you know pick up and move to shelter. Mm-hmm. Then they may actually have to go in and, and remove an encampment. Yeah, but it's not, but removing encampments is not going to be their primary role. And right. again, the city council was deeply deeply skeptical about how that's going to work in practice. Right. Um, so you know there there are more fights to be had in the coming weeks as the city council goes through its budget uh, deliberations on that.
1: All right thanks a lot for that breakdown kevin let's move on to what's next Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we are not done with the spd yet kevin two new charges now facing seattle police regarding officers use of crowd control weapons Uh, this from the end of september i'm trying to figure out what this means kind of an update on some past cases or
0: what do we have here so we had two lawsuits against the city of seattle by protesters or you know groups of protesters who complained about you know overly violent tactics and yep. overuse of crowd control weapons and in, well largely indiscriminate use of them with mm-hmm. the crowds and as spd managed these you know protests mostly peaceful yep. protests but occasionally there were you know bits of violence in them over the summer yep and you know it kind of late july early august uh judge richard jones um put a you know updated an earlier you know restraining order that puts in restrictions on the city's use of of crowd mm-hmm. control weapons but didn't yep. ban them altogether. right right and so it got up, updated again in, in early August. And it's, that's sort of been where everything has sat for a while with that. Mm-hmm. Well, now both of these, you know, the plaintiffs in both of these lawsuits have come forward with um, new complaints. Yeah, about yeah, the more action going on. Yeah. Same four, four nights, one mm-hmm. in late August and Labor Day, then September 22nd, September 23rd, mm-hmm. where they said that um, SPD basically violated the restraining law. Right. Right. And in, in their use of crowd control weapons, and asked the judge to find SPD in contempt of the mm-hmm. restraining order and, and and put some more put some bigger restrictions on them. Right, right. And uh, so you know that that's basically where that stands right now. They've, there are these new charges. There hasn't been a response yet from the city. They get a mm-hmm. chance to respond, and then the judge may decide to hold a hearing or may just rule on it. And you know at this point, uh, you know the judge so in. Judge Jones, in the past, has really wanted to see evidence from both sides. He's right. willing to take, you know, snippets of video from mm-hmm. social media. Yes. Right. Um, you know, from the scene and call and, that. Yeah. And declare that you know that makes it clear what right. happened with those. Right. He wants, right. It, he wants he wants real investigations into these incidents. Right. He wants um, you know the city and the SPD have a, to have a chance to present their evidence as well before mm-hmm. he rules. He's really trying to. Broadly look at this and do the right thing around yeah. it, understanding yeah. that you know there are some acts of violence by protesters or people, yeah. you know, individuals who embed themselves into within a protest. protest, yes, mm-hmm. and that uh, SPD needs to have tools available to to deal with that. Right, right. So where is he going to come down on these? I don't know. I think we'll have to see what evidence and what response SPD has on that. That's that's right. And we've got a lot more
1: on what the SPD's crowd control policies are going through right now with our patrons-only discussion happening this week. Make sure you check that out. Kevin, we always like to wrap up the show, as you know, looking on the bright side, a little bit of baked goodness to go with the coffee break here. Kevin, I have in my hands a pumpkin snickerdoodle. Behold, if you will, one of my daughter's newest creations, Mouth watering already. You know I'm more of a chocolate chip guy. That's just the way I roll. But I'm going to say it right here: snickerdoodle, one of the most underrated cookies out there. Your thoughts?
0: I love snickerdoodles.
1: Yeah, snickerdoodle. it's what is it? it? The cream of tartar thing going on, or what's what's your secret ingredient there?
0: Uh, you oh. know, I, snickerdoodles is not actually something I make very often. I mean, okay. you know, maybe maybe once or twice. But
1: so you're, tr- you're yeah. trying to say you're inspired right now?
0: Maybe. Yes. will have some snickerdoodles next week. Right. my my daughter one mm-hmm. of my daughters um uh when she was in grad school mm-hmm. decided that every week she was going to bring in you know one day she's going to bring in a set of cookies and she would never reuse a recipe whoa so she went on for a few years there coming mm-hmm. up finding a new recipe and she dug deep to yeah like yeah yeah a mm-hmm. recipe so she's she is really you know, the master of the cookies in my family. Right? I love making cookies. I'll, you yeah. know, I'll do it from time to time, but, but she's the pro. I'm just yeah. an amateur. Yeah, well, you know
1: what? That's what I say about my daughters too. They know a lot more about what's going on than I do. Uh, thanks for that breakdown, Kevin. And thanks as always for joining me. Thank you. All right. Hey, everybody, next time you want to know what's going on with local politics, make sure you give us a listen right here on Seattle News, Views and Brews and find out what's brewing. You can, of course, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Please, please support us on Patreon if you like what you're hearing. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks also for watching on Converge Media, too. We'll see you next time. Seattle News, Views and Brews is an independent production of Calaman Media Services. Copyright 2020.